Well, hello, and thank you for joining us for this, the fourth podcast of Buer Media. The Parliament of Hell is now in session. And oh boy, do we have a fair bit to talk about. It's, it's been a pretty big week, Garfield. Hear ye, hear ye, Medigan. It has indeed. There's a lot to talk about in US politics. A few things to talk about that's been going on in my life that I want to share with you. It's hmm. been a pretty uh, shitty situation. Uh, pun intended for later on, if you keep listening. <laughs> um, and yeah, a couple other things. I mean, Elon Musk's been making the news, as he often does. But I think this one's going to be a really interesting one to talk about when we get to him much later on in the podcast. Oh, and the Super Bowl happened as well. If you're an American or if you're an Australian who's quite keen on it, I didn't get to watch it this year, but normally I do. Tom Brady is a freak. Congratulations. Seven rings, boy. The, gro- the GOAT. He is the GOAT of NFL. He's the best player that's ever played. 100%. He is the GOAT. The Elon Musk story, I must admit, it worries me for one reason. Super monkeys. That scares me. <laughs> Look, we'll get into that one later, but let's kick it off right now. Madigan, what you got for Here me? Here we go. Let's get into it. All right. Well, unless you have been living under a rock or out of a social media bubble or completely avoiding any form of news, um, there's been quite a big story over the last, what, week that involves Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, I'm going to throw my hand up here and say this before you start talking about it. I've decided to tune this person out of my life completely. I think her and my relationship is toxic. So I've been trying to avoid this story like the Black Plague. So run it through with me and let's see where we go with it. Because I know it's full on. So from what I've been... uh taking in because i wish i had your relationship with her i i I just i number one her voice irritates the hell out of me but that's you know that's a that's a low blow but hey i'm punching up she's got Mm. way more followers anyway um so alexandria ocasio cortez about a week or so ago jumped on instagram and did a 90 minute live uh, chat with her followers, 90 minutes to uh, run them through the events from her point of view at the Capitol during the, hmm. Mostly peaceful protest. Yes, mostly peaceful protest. So mm. um, what I do have is a, um, a little cut down version of Miss Cortez's uh, experience. Now, again, we're like two minutes into this podcast and I'm already going to be enraged. Okay, go for it. Come on. What you got for me? All right. So this is Alexandria running us through what, what happened on the, uh, on the day. Like I'm here and the bathroom door starts going like this, like the bathroom door is behind me or rather in front of me. And I'm like this and the door hinges right here. And I just hear, where is she? Where is she? And, um, this was the moment where I thought everything was over. Um, And the weird thing about moments like these is that you lose all sense of time. Um, Just take note of her saying she loses all sense of time there because that will actually become relevant a little bit later on. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm going to butt in here just quickly. Yeah. If this actually happened to her, that would genuinely be scary. I know we, we probably need to explain a little bit more context. So what she's alleging happened, from my understanding at least, 
is that she thought uh, members of the the MAGA camp that infiltrated the Capitol building right. had gotten into or near her office Correct. and were saying, where is she, where is she? And she thought her life was in mortal danger. That Is that, that kind of the correct rundown of the story from her point of view? That's... That's what she's alleging at the moment. That's that's the now, narrative. From her point of view, to be fair, from her point of view, that does sound terrifying. Right. So continue. So that's that's the narrative that she's spinning. In retrospect, um, maybe it was four seconds. Maybe it was five seconds. Maybe it was 10 seconds. Maybe it was one second. I don't know. It felt like my brain was able to have so many thoughts in that moment. Um, between these screams and these yells of where is she where is she and so I go down and I just I mean I thought I was going to die um and I had a lot of thoughts you have a lot of thoughts <laughs> I think when you're in a situation like that um and like also one of those thoughts that I had was, you know, I just happened to, you know, be a spiritual person and be raised in that context. And I really just felt like, you know, if this is the plan for me, um, then people will be able to take it from here. Um, I had a lot of thoughts but that was the thought that I had about you all. Um, I felt that um, if this was the journey that my life was taking, that I felt that things were going to be okay. Um, all right, I'm going to end it there because you know the video is almost up. So basically, yeah. she's building the narrative that she was under the impression that the uh, the MAGA QAnon white supremacists had uh, stormed and were attacking her office. Now, look, honestly, hand on heart, no sarcasm meant here at all. I've just heard that. Yep. I feel genuinely bad for her. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure of what the, what the actual story is or what the pushback on her is, but listening to her talk about that and trying to put myself inside of her trauma is in empathize with her, I feel genuinely bad for her. That does sound terrifying for her. Right. So what I the, know you've got some other things to say. About. Sure. So what the bang, 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 where is she, where is she? That was actually a um, uh, one of the, the police officers that are there to um, to look after the place. Which wouldn't, which wouldn't necessarily dissuade you from being freaked out. I no. mean, if you thought someone was after you and there was banging on the door yep. and screaming of where is she, Yep. that would still probably solicit an incredibly terrified response so, so fair enough i have no problems with that so when the uh officer was banging in going you know where is she where is she where is she uh eventually one of her staffers sort of came into where she was she actually went to another uh a republican congresswoman's uh, office and hid there and and um her her staffer told her you know alexandria come out it's fine don't worry about it and she goes on to say that the police officer was angry and looked looked angry and seemed annoyed and he you know didn't identify himself uh, in the initial bang 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 um 
I, I understand him being annoyed. He's probably got a lot of work to do when there's uh, something crazy going on. But the interesting thing about this with the timing of it, um, it's been revealed that, you know, when all this, what, what she was describing as happening, uh, was uh, completely two separate times before the capital was even uh, broken into. Right. So she's hiding bef- before anyone breached the actual capital. So at this point, everyone thinks... Alexandria is saying that she was in the Capitol building. Right. Okay. And she, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate here to advocate for her on this one. Sure. Cause she did say, and I think this is actually a pretty good point from her. When you're in those situations, time doesn't really matter to you. Right. You probably don't remember the timing of when it happened or what was going on. If you start freaking out, time does funny things with your brain. Yeah. So I, I'm happy to give her the benefit of the doubt on that one. Right. Um, anyway, that, that same se- uh, other congresswoman was basically saying there was no issue with, our, uh, with where we were. Um, mm-hmm. We were evacuated and mm-hmm. they weren't evacuated because of breaching. They were evacuated for bomb threats. Right. That was the reasoning for their evacuation order of where they were. Now, I keep saying where they were because... Basically, uh, Jack Posobiec, uh, after watching her little uh, rant, basically pointed out that where Alexandria was was nowhere, nowhere near um, the uh, the the uh, the gathering of protesters. Now, if you if uh, you can't obviously see it if you're listening to us, but I'm showing you this Garfield. So uh, he's yeah, pointed I'm having at- a look. Yeah, he's pointed out that the U.S. Capitol building uh, is mm-hmm. up here, and this this is where Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was. The Cannon House that looks, like a, that looks like a good two blocks away. Maybe I'm over exaggerating, but it looks like about two blocks away. From what I've been told, it's a, it's about an eight minute walk from A to B. And this okay, that's quite a distance to be fair, right? And apparently, these these uh, buildings are sort of connected via underground tunnels as well. So. You know, a lot of people say, oh, they could have, you know, uh, they could have gotten into the tunnels and come down. But no, the tunnels were fine. And again, when this evacuation order was happening, the capital had not been breached as yet. Right. So there'd been no one storming the capital yet. No one had climbed the barricades and got into the actual building. They were still, what were they doing? Marching on the streets? They, listening I, to they were at the Capitol. No, at this yep. point, they were at the Capitol. They were milling around, right. you know, the, the, the front area. Um, so, you know, he's given her a fact check here and this is where she's gone. This isn't a fact check. All your arrows are, uh, your, your arrows aren't accurate. They are. They lie about where the mob stormed and the place them further away than what it was. That's also a lie. You also failed to convey multiple areas. People were trying to storm. It wasn't one. You also failed to show the tunnels, poor job all around. So this is the beginning point where Alexandria uh, starts to double down. Right. Okay. And again, I'm happy to go along with her here in that if a bunch of protesters are going to try and get into one building, it's entirely plausible they were trying to get into hers as well. That seems plausible at least. But it's, it's come, it's all come out that number one, they were nowhere near uh, the Cannon Building, where Miss Cortez was located, uh, the mm. reason for their evacuation was for a bomb threat that she claims was white supremacist. However, there is no evidence of that yet because, for some reason, 
the FBI aren't releasing any information about who planted those two pipe bombs. And they weren't actually around the Cannon building either. They were in uh, other locations. But were they first, active pipe bombs? Don't know. Uh, they were destroyed is, is basically the only thing that, can, that was said. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so this is where things start get, getting interesting from uh, our big tech overlords. <laughs> so she's doubled down and said, you're a liar, liar, pants on fire. Well, yes, she's doubling down going, you're not right, I'm right, I was in mortal danger. I'm sure in her mind she was in mortal danger. No, so I completely agree. The Daily Wire released this tweet, report AOC was not inside the Capitol building breach on January 6th. Just remember that tweet, report AOC was not inside Capitol building during breach on January 6th. Yep. Now, Snopes... Snopes, the fact checkers, decided to fact check that tweet. And mm-hmm. here is their claim. Okay, so f- this is Snopes now making the claim of what Daily Wire said. Alexandra right. Ocasio-Cortez exaggerated the danger she was in during the Capitol. Right. Um, but that's, I, not I, what she, that's what, not what the headline was. I, I know. AOC was not inside the Capitol building during the breach on January 6th. So... Right, so that's the headline. And Their then headline said, is <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio Cortez exaggerated the danger she was in during the cap uh, during the January sixth Capitol riot, in that she wasn't even in the Capitol building when rioting occurred. What is true? Ocasio Cortez wasn't in the main Capitol building where the White House <laughs> and Senate chambers are located. Now let's just go back again. Report AOC was not inside the Capitol building during the breach, and they've given him. They've given the Daily Wire mostly false because what's true, Ocasio Cortez wasn't in the main Capitol building where the House and Senate chambers are located. Jesus. Okay. Well, well done. I mean, Snopes is the worst fact checker. Oh, basically, but... it's the biggest villain since you know Star Wars: The Force Awakens. But, <laughs> like, but here's the thing: they seriously? like um, Twitter and Facebook use Snopes for fact fact checking um, their platform and what people posts. They should seriously just call it Snokes because yes. it's just Snoke from like the, the the Disney Star Wars trilogy. It's just as useless and it's just as like morally corrupt. Like why would you even bother at this stage? Now, here's the thing. It's not like um, it's not like Miss Cortez doesn't have a history of lying um, because we all remember this little stunt that she pulled at the uh, – at the migrant facilities where she went and uh, posed uh, crying in front of a cage going, she can't believe how much, you know, how disgraceful the facilities were, yet she's looking at a at a car park. Yeah, it's a freaking car park. So Good PR, though. Good PR. She's, she's got a history of of pulling these emotion, emotionally manipulative stunts. So that goes back now after, you know, putting all this together where she's there almost in tears. I just don't believe her. I think she's a complete narcissist making oh, making it all about her. She's 100% a narcissist, but I want to come back to that in a little bit. Okay, sure. So then what Miss Cortez did was use her um, team to send out an email to her millions and millions of followers, uh, I imagine, uh, to basically go on a mass reporting spree on Twitter, Facebook, and anywhere else where people were using the hashtag 
Alexandra Ocasio Smollett. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic. Oh, that is great. That's a great hashtag. It was For great. For anyone who's unaware, uh, Drizzy Smollett was a dude, if you've never seen, I don't know, the news about it or the Dave Chappelle special, for example. Yeah. The incredibly long story short was he was an actor who uh, made an accusation that two white men in Chicago tried to lynch him on the street when it turned out to be two friends of his from Nigeria, from Nigeria that he'd paid for the, for it to be some kind of weird PR stunt so he could get more money for his acting gig and boost his pro. It was pathological lying, right? At its most gorgeous, it was bizarro land. This is MAGA country. Yeah, yeah. This is MAGA country, man. But yeah, so that's where they're calling it, Alexandria Ocasio Smollett. So that's very fun. So here's here's the information that she writes in her uh, social me- uh, in her email out to her sycophants. Scan your social media to find posts with misleading information, especially those using the trending hashtag, hashtag uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Smollett. Also, AOC lied was the other one. Don't tweet any hashtags yourself because we don't want to spread them further. (laughs) To identify any posts that are threatening or harassing, that's fine, and use the built-in report feature to flag them for moderators. Facebook and Twitter both have built-in tools for reporting posts and tweets that break the rules. That sweet, sweet censorship. I'm not sure what rule that is exactly breaking, but apparently, according to her, that's a rule that's been broken. So, basically... You can't hashtag someone. (laughs) No. So, what happened with this was, obviously, everyone was using the uh, Alexander Ocasio Smollett hashtag. Uh, So, a lot of her fans also clearly have never heard of the Streisand effect, Clearly. (laughs) You know the Streisand effect, yeah? Yes, I love the Streisand effect. So it was a story, I believe, from the 80s when Barbara Streisand uh, had pictures of our house published. Yeah. No, it must have been the 90s because it was during the internet era, so probably the 90s. And so pictures of our house were published and she came out and said, no, no, you've got to suppress those. I don't want anyone finding out where I live. And, of course, that then became a story of, you know, Barbara Streisand doesn't want to find out where you know, doesn't want you to find out where she lives with pictures of her house and the Streisand effect, as it's now called, came into play and the story went what we would now call viral. Yes. And everyone found out about it. So all of her um, simps basically swamped the hashtag with pictures of um, cats and dogs and all that sort of stuff. But So basically just creating a Streisand effect. Uh, but mm-hmm. one of the good things about all of this was, uh, is number one, that she's been called out, but number two, the memes. The memes about this has been fantastic. I, I wanted to play my favourite one first. Here's your words. Here's your words. I was murdered. You were murdered. Okay, you obviously weren't murdered because you're alive and you're basically intact. You weren't murdered, buddy. Here's your words. Here's your words. Use your words. Use your words. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Oh, man. Jesus Christ, people on the internet are cruel, but I do adore them. Oh, man. It's just fantastic. The Babylon Bee got in on it as well. And got to love the Babylon Bee. AOC recalls how she barely survived terrorists seizing Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> but Bruce Willis came and saved her in the bathroom. He was screaming, where is she? Where is she? And she freaked out and ran away. She probably ran straight to Hans Gruber knowing her. Here's another one. What is that? 
That's AOC in that John F. Kennedy. Oh my car. god! <laughs> okay, so she's in the JFK car, clearly. Brilliant. This is also great as well, which you know basically is AOC to a T. So there's her with this boot on her head, but no, it's her. She's putting the boot on her head. Oh, but so she's this. put her own hand in the boot and then squishing it down on her own head. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, the Hindenburg's <laughs> going down. Fair enough. AOC at the Hindenburg. Yep. Well oh, done. what else do we have? Yep, so there they are. Wow. That's that's Bubba Smith, Jussie Smollett, and uh, AOC all playing the victim there. Got to love those And Spider-Man all doing that, scene. the great Spider-Man me- meme where the two Spider-Mans point at each other and go, it's, I'm you, basically. Now, the other thing about all this is uh, this sort of trauma and, mm. hmm, how do I put it, uh, intimidation actually did happen to a congressman. Uh, Congressman Rand Paul, I believe his name is. And He's a Republican. He is a Republican. He's actually one of the better ones. Um, He's very libertarian. Yeah, which is great. So let's just um, have a look at this. So Rand, I think he's in D.C. here. I'm just going to play this. Okay. So basically what's happening at the moment, they're, they're, saying, they're saying say her name. I think this is not long after a, a verdict about Brianna Taylor and Rand Paul actually, you know, introduced a bill to sort out the problem with no-knock warrants and they're all screaming at yeah, him. Yeah, he was a huge supporter of that issue, huge yeah. supporter. <laughs> um, so he's currently now surrounded, him and his wife, surrounded by a, by a, a, a very angry mob. Maybe four or five people. Fit. More than that. Look at the oh, size it of like it. Sixty people, maybe. Oh no, it's way more. Sorry. So he's there with his wife, and the police rushing him away. So they're quite angry, as you can see. You can see that. You can hear the police screaming, "Move back!" Jeez, he's being mobbed. Yes. So if anyone should be doing a 90-minute live stream about how he was, you know, nearly thought it could be all over, that's enough, uh, would be uh, Senator Rand Paul there. Because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would not be an enjoyable experience by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, so... There's, there's not much sympathy for Miss AOC. And the other thing that I want to bring up, and I want to bring it up in a humorous light as well, uh, mm. was AOC decided to uh, call a hearing or something like that at the expense of the taxpayer to basically have themselves uh, a, a little therapy session with uh, other congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who... Oh, yep who uh, basically started hysterically crying uh, on the floor about uh, what she saw, yet she wasn't even there and she was no in what? no immediate danger. But the great thing about this, it just, want, it just points out, like it's, it's got all the violence that has happened over the last six months in the States uh, before the Capitol Hill. So just, mm. just have a listen to this. But as I saw it, I thought to myself, thank God, I'm not there. I saw the images that they didn't get to see until later. 
Will you condemn Antifa for the attack in Washington? It's easy to condemn a terrorist attack. Okay, that is a great point. This actually leads me to a point that I want to make really badly about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Shoot. Because I'll go back to the first thing I said at the start of when you were playing me these things. I genuinely feel bad for her. Yeah. I think she's legitimately traumatized. Yep. I agree with you. I have I have empathy for her in that way. Uh, some of the things she said about Republicans coming into the house, she fears that they're going to shoot her, that, that she doesn't want to work with them. I mean, you can look that stuff up on Twitter. It's I'm not saying anything untoward there. That's actual, well, not actual quotes of what she said, but, you know. No, she said basically that she doesn't feel safe around um, Republicans, that uh, she hmm, believes some of them are white, yeah, white supremacists and uh, basically want her dead in some Yeah, form. she fears for her life. Yep. And I do feel bad for her in that way. I, I think she has severe emotional trauma. I also think, and this is nothing against her, I think she's a massive narcissist. And there's nothing wrong with that in politics. You need to be one. Trump was a colossal, megalomanic narcissist. Mm -hmm. And people disliked him for it. Yep. Right? But there's a difference between his narcissism and her narcissism. Trump was a positive narcissist. Everything he came out and said, give or take, was America's great. I'm going to make America great. I'm the smartest. I'm the best president. Well, maybe not the best. Maybe Abraham Lincoln was better. But other than him, I'm the best. All those kind of things. Mm. He was a positive narcissist. Everything AOC does is kind of look at me, feel sorry for me, pity me. I have these weird delusions of paranoia that you need to feed back into with me. Like, I'm in trouble. This has happened to me. You have to support me. You've got to make me feel better about this. I've gone through trauma. Now, I don't actually doubt in her mind she's gone through trauma, but I think this actually becomes a massive health and safety issue for her. Mm. She should be stood down. And I don't mean That'll because never of any... I, no, no, but not because of any problems with democracy or any kind of problems with her policy or anything like that. If she has those kind of deep-seated psychological traumatic issues to deal with, like would happen in any other workplace worth its salt. And I'm sure she would agree with this even if we were talking about it in just about any other context. The employer should be looking after her. She should be given a, at minimum a leave of absence. At minimum, she should be getting severe psychological traumatic help. In fact, if I was to give her some good advice, and I'm not saying this to be mean to her, I'm genuinely saying this from the bottom of my heart. Please step away from politics. Go and get yourself some help. As I would tell anyone in your situation, you are not a well human being. And I feel incredibly bad for you. Step away from the limelight. Go and find some help. And once you feel better and more secure in yourself, and you don't have to come back and, I don't know, feel this kind of overwhelming sense of paranoia and fear about everything in your life, then, hey, go for it. Run again for politics. But until then, for yourself, for the sake of your own sanity, get out of there. That was really nice and it was very sympathetic of you. However, I do not share the same sympathy. I'm sorry. I, I don't think that you would. I mean, to be fair, look, I was the first one to laugh at some of those memes. I can recognize when things are funny and, you know, a lie is a lie and we should all be able to call people out on it. 
but we should also look at someone's trauma and go, holy crap, this, this woman clearly feels so traumatized by just being in a building around people that she doesn't like that she's that paranoid about it. And actually, you know what? I will also say this next time AOC is, is asked about something like Antifa attacks. And it's really easy to condemn an attack. It's super easy. And she should do it every time. And here's a great reason why she should do it. And this will actually make me angry with her. There are people out there that have been traumatized for the last 12 months in America while Antifa attacks buildings, while they burn cities, while they smash residential and commercial areas, and they traumatize people on the streets. They beat them. They call them white supremacists. They say the most hateful, awful things. And you're sitting there saying, feel sorry for me because something bad happened to me and I do feel sorry for you. So you should show some personal empathy and feel sorry for those people and condemn those attacks every time. Or people should stop listening to you in these situations. And I don't want to do that because I don't want to become that person. You should become a better person. Don't bring me down to your level. Well said. Are we done? We're done. I got a little bit heated there. It's fine, man. I love it when you get heated. And she's an emotional Uh, terrorist. (laughs) Look at it. This is why I try and avoid AOC. I'm in a very like if I'm in a very toxic relationship with her. I do feel for her, but also she makes me angry. It's like every ex-girlfriend I've ever had. Uh, on an unrelated note uh you've been having some issues at home i have been having a couple of issues at home so ah where can i start on this you know if you listen to the first introductory podcast that we ever did it was the one before podcast official podcast number one yes i spoke about having toilet trouble one time where a spider was in my toilet paper you can go and have a listen to that if you want so i've had a, a new toilet issue this week and, and it's been giving me the shit. Right. And there's a Literally. very specific reason for that. It's because my toilet decided that it would no longer flush at all. And um, it just kept filling up with water. That's um, pretty hectic considering I know your house and you've only got one toilet in that house. So Yeah, and it's upstairs and it's a relatively small bathroom. And I'm on the 13th floor of an apartment, so I'm quite high up. So, of course, if something happens to that toilet and you have to go quickly, you're on the run. Like, you, you better start, like, jogging, son, because you're in trouble. So, so be honest with me. Just, <laughs> yeah. j- just for number ones, shower, sink? Shower, 100%. Okay. I, I, I thought so. If, if you ran straight down a drain. If you ran downstairs in order to do a number one, Hell no. I, I would have to ask you to ret- return your man card. <laughs> No, no, for a number one, it was like a quick, you know, the half squat or like the half bend and then straight down the shower sink. Nice. Right? But a number two, obviously, a little bit more problematic. Yeah. Obviously. But here was the weird thing about it, right? Because sometimes you don't see these issues coming. So, (laughs) no. I mean, no one does, but you know what I mean? This one was particularly egregious because I'd been to the bathroom and... As you might know with my bowl, you've been to my house, but it's very specific. You can't actually flush it until the toilet lid is shut. 
Right. Right. So you have to close everything and then flush it. Right. So if there's an issue, there's a good chance you don't know until next time oh. you go to the bathroom. Right. Right. So I've lifted up the first time this has happened. I've oh. lifted up. Oh. And it's full, and oh. I'm desperate to go, and I have to run. I'm running down. I'm running towards the lifts, oh, and I'm man. doing like the little jiggy in my like doing that little side forth, like I'm a three year old, and I'm trying not to do anything in my pants, and I'm like racing downstairs, and I'm getting downstairs, and the concierge is like, "Oh, hello, Mister Garfield." And I'm like, "I can't talk to you right now, dude." As I'm like running towards the disabled and just making it in time. And then, did you have that look on your face that I've seen little kids have when you ask them, "Do you need to do a poo?" No, like, <laughs> no, no. I was the opposite. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah it's really badly <laughs> running away." So anyway, that was also the the other bad thing. That was at about midnight, so I can't call anyone. Oh, so no. I have to wait till the morning, and I've called my real estate agent, and he said, "Well, it could be a strata problem." And so the real estate and the strata get into a fight. Oh, God. Meanwhile, my toilet is continuing to just be a nightmare of epic proportions. And there's nothing I can do about it until they come to fix it. So I have to invite my friend over to help me plunge it with all the wastage that goes along with that. So at this stage, my bathroom is a crime scene oh. that I've, I had to clean up. It was a nightmare, honestly. It was just... It was a nightmare. How... I within, mean, within I a day. I, I don't want to get too you... graphic. How, mm. how, 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 how much the, are we the, talking? The here? quantity? Yes. Uh, it, it it was overfloweth. Oh. Like my my bowl was overflow. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah, it was disgusting. So of course that happened, and we kind of got it to the point where it was usable, but it wasn't particularly safe. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> The first time the plumber could come over was Saturday morning. Right. Right. At, at 8.30 in the morning, he was coming. 8 o'clock, sorry, he was coming over. Yeah. Anyway, I was quite stressed after that all <laughs> week. So Friday night came, and I, as the Australians would say, tied one on. Which, if you don't know what that means in any other part of the world, means I got absolutely drunk off my face. Like, I got slaughtered. I got ponced. I got nightmarishly blasted. I pantsed myself. I got absolutely nutted beyond belief. Anything, you, any kind of symbolism you want to use for, I had a couple of beers, a couple meaning Christ, it would be illegal in most places to tell you how much beer I had. So I don't think I finished up until about 4.30 in the morning. Wow. Now, I've woken up to the plumber knocking on my door. And I also have to go. So now I've got him coming in. He's plumbed the toilet. And I'm sitting there again, just starting to get into the little child dance a little uh -oh. bit. Like, this is not going to end well. He's finished. And he's like, well, I, I think that's going to work. And I went, well, I hope so. Because the second you leave, I'm going to be testing that bad boy out. Uh, so thankfully, since then, it seems to have been working okay, but I'm just waiting for the other shoe to, well, the other flush to, you know, drop. Push, <laughs> the other shoe to drop, yeah. Yeah, the other nugget to drop. So I'm hoping that that was the only problem and I don't have to go through Strata and have them come up and try and fix it their way because the plumber was like, look, there was nothing in there. There was nothing blocking it. There was nothing I could do. I've just plunged it and hope that it works. So... What's this space? Not not obviously the actual bowl space, but I mean the podcast space. 
Is this for more updates? Is this your way of trying to tell me that I can't come over anymore? Oh no, no! This is my way of saying, can I come and stay with you for a few days? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Are we done? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely done. <laughs> Madigan, get me off this topic. I don't want to talk about poop anymore. No, neither We've do I. We've done four records. We've done four records, and I've twice already talked about stool. Oh, no. What's wrong with me? What is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> one of the things that we sort of almost feel a, a need, a, a necessary job that we must do is uh, is point out the blatant hypocrisy that, that comes with the current mainstream media. Now, even though we have media in our name, we are a tiny, tiny channel with only 36 subscribers that is desperately trying to uh, build up our base. And that reminds me, by the way, if you can, uh, why don't you give us a little subscribe? Um, or a like. I like likes. Or I a like, like to be liked. Drop a like on a video. Um, yeah. So throughout Trump's presidency, there was a certain point where uh, they were hyper-focused on the southern border because Trump wanted his big, beautiful wall. It's going to be the big, biggest, best, most beautiful <laughs> wall that there ever was going to be. Um, Just to stop down for a moment, it was legitimately really funny when Trump said something like, you know, and no one will be able to get over this wall. No one will ever be able to breach it. Okay, maybe so they bring a ladder. But other than that, no one's going to be able to breach it. Like, the yeah. dude was funny. He was, he was stupid, but it was funny. Anyway, continue. So one of the um, ways that the media decided to attack President Trump with his border wall um, uh, facilities was talk mm. about the kids in cages. And ah, yes. I don't know if you remember it, but kids in cages was repeated ad nauseum throughout all of the mainstream media um, sphere. That's what well, they kept even going brought it up with. Today, we just brought it up with Ocasio-Cortez um, right. talking about it going down to the border and taking photos against the um, car park going, isn't it terrible? Trump put children in cages. So Had like little asterisks next to it, not actually like photos, not real. Yes. But anyway. So one of the things was, um, was they were claiming that Donald Trump was ripping children away from their families, you know, and it was all for an actual uh, decent reason to stop coyotes and child trafficking and and all that, that sort of stuff. The biggest problem was child trafficking. The, right. The allegations when from certain parts of, uh, I mean, people that worked on the border at the time was, look, we have to separate the children from some of these adults because even if they say that they're the parents, there's no identification. They get rid of any ID they've got or they don't have it in the first place while they try to illegally enter the country. And so they take the children away to make sure that they weren't being sexually assaulted, which a good number of them are on yeah. those caravan journeys up through Central America. So it's only actually an incredibly reasonable and safe thing to do to put those children in a safe facility where they cannot be potentially harmed by the people that have brought them up to also solicit sympathy to help get them in and through the process quicker. Correct, and that was that was the actual uh, reasoning for. That was it. the reasoning, yeah, yeah. However, the media story was no, it's kids in cages, and you're taking them from your parents, and you're a terrible human being. Exactly, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So that was the thing. That was the that was the narrative. Kids in cages. Kids in cages. They kept repeating it over and over again. Well, yep. we've got ourselves a brand new president at the moment, and mm -hmm. 
have Welcome the kids Dementia, in Joey. cages been sorted out? Well, yes, they well, have. What? Yes, he's, they have. He stopped kids in cages. Well, let's go to our mates at CNN. Okay. What is, what's CNN got to say? New. That bastion of truth, knowledge in the American way. The Biden admin is reopening an overflow facility in Texas for unaccompanied migrant apprehended uh, migrant children apprehended at the U.S.-Mexico border. It comes amidst an increase in apprehensions plus reduced capacity limits at other facilities due to COVID-19. It's no longer kids in cages. It is uh, overflow facilities at Texas for unaccompanied migrant children. Thank God. So please tell me what the Ministry of Truth is calling it now. Just read the full title again for me. <laughs> The Biden admin is reopening an overflow facility in Texas for unaccompanied migrant children apprehended at the U.S.-Mexico border. It comes amid an increase in apprehensions plus reduced capacity limits in other facilities due to COVID-19. So kids in cages is now unaccompanied migrant children overflow facilities. <laughs> Man, that Orwell would be proud of that. Like... Goebbels would be reading that going, you know what, bravo. Yes, you've done very, very well there. Or maybe in a German accent. Yeah, bravo. It's just very good. <laughs> like, what the hell? That, that's just cages. You've just rebranded it. Yes. It's like you've gone to Starbucks and instead of calling it a, you know, a large latte, what do they call it? A venti latte. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. It's all still a large. You've just called it something different. What the hell? There we go, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'm sure you've probably oh. seen this before, but we just wanted to point out, can you not see that the the fix is in? Read that Times article, by the way, about how everything is getting <laughs> <laughs> everything is getting manipulated right in front of your eyes. Kids oh, in cages. Wow. Good. I almost swore there. Kids in cages. Jesus. <laughs> And they didn't even go for a decent name. Like, you know, you, you oh. said, you know, from a large latte to a venti latte, instead of kids in cages, they went the opposite direction. Unaccompanied migrant children apprehended at the US-Mexico border in an overflow facility. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? What? It reminds me of the Simpsons episode where they're parodying Pulp Fiction. And he goes, "What are they, do they have shakes? And he goes, yeah, but they call them non-partially degradable, biorephobes, you know, stubborn things. And he goes, you don't know what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. <laughs> So, um, as we're recording this podcast, um, a couple of hours ago was the Super Bowl um, that happened over in America, and basically the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think they are, uh, defeated. Have you ever been to a game of NFL? No, I haven't. You know where I went to one? I went to one in in Sydney when they toured here of all places. Yeah, I don't think that would be the same. It was such a shame we went at a time when we couldn't see it when we were over in New York. And we went to States. see some ice hockey. That yeah, was awesome. Ice hockey was awesome. But I would have loved. And we got to see a hat trick, and we weren't aware because in Australia a hat trick is like if you score three things or you take three wickets in cricket or you score three tries or whatever. People just go, "Well, oh, that's a very good achievement. Bravo, everyone! Like, let's go and have tea." Whereas in America, when they scored three goals in ice hockey. People literally took off their hats and started throwing them onto right. the rink. Totally and we were watching it going, what the hell? 
why are you throwing your hat away? They're expensive. Yeah, it was like, yeah. And then and remember, they had to shut the game down so the people with like the big um the cleaners could come out and like scoop up all the hats. It's like, why did what are you going to do with those three hundred hats? Are you going to sit there afterwards and lost and found and go like, yeah, no, I've got the um I've got the Brooklyn hat. Well, there's three hundred eighty six of them, sir. What's your size? It's one of those adjustable ones. Yeah, there's three hundred and sixty six of them, sir. Like, which one is yours, you idiot? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. So 31 to 9. Uh, Tom Brady, the brand new recruit to Tampa Bay. Uh, He's a freak. Took them straight to the Super Bowl and and won. That's seven yeah. rings now. Seven. Yeah, he's a freak. He's the, equivalent, he's the equivalent of, I don't know, Shane Warne. Yes. Shane Warne cricketer yeah, for yeah. those uh, listening internationally. Not in England. You would know who he is. Um, yeah, or Sri Lanka or somewhere. So here's the thing. Believe it or not. It is the internet, and it is Twitter. Uh, people are not happy because there's always going. There's always that thing uh, going around results? that that um, that Tom Brady is a big supporter of President Trump. So, who's Eliza Orlands? No Who idea. is she? Manhattan DA candidate, uh, okay. NYC public defender since '09, appeared on Survivor <laughs> and The Amazing. Oh, oh and she's got pronouns in her bio. Here we go. Uh, watching... Hang on, so she's a DA who appeared on The Amazing Race. Yeah, she's clearly Yeah, she's it. someone I want defending me. Carry yeah. on. Watching the Super Bowl and seeing so many in one place makes my heart race. This feels ins- unsafe. Like, they had a crowd. And it wasn't a huge crowd. It wasn't a Super Bowl crowd. It was a reduced crowd, but anyway. And I guess I'm rooting for the team with a racist name over the team with a Trump-loving quarterback in a sport that hasn't apologised to Colin Kaepernick. Why should they apologise? He's a rubbish quarterback. <laughs> he didn't get in the sport because he wasn't good enough. It wasn't because of the colour of his skin. I mean, a great again, great PR from him. Yeah. He got a Nike deal. Dude, he's richer than you'll ever be by magnitudes of hundreds. Yeah. He doesn't don't feel sorry for him. He gamed the system. He gamed you, you stupid woman. Are you a DA? Shouldn't you be able to see this stuff for what it is? God, these people annoy me sometimes. You know yeah. what? It annoys me as much as going to an NFL game and have to wait for six minutes because the the one of the umpires threw up like a flag and then you've got to sit there going, I don't know what that rule is. Do you know what that rule is? Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Do you have any idea? No, no, no idea. And then six minutes later, they just restart like nothing happened and it just comes up on the board of like, that's the first down. And you're like, why was that a down? I don't know. Anyway, moving on. That's how much it confuses me with these people. It's the same thing. So that wasn't the only thing uh, people are upset about. So apparently Tom Brady rocked up to the game and he wasn't wearing a mask as he was entering the stadium, like, you know, when he's wearing his suit and all that sort of stuff. So they're upset that he wasn't wearing a mask. They're banging on about that as well. I swore you were going to say he was wearing a MAGA hat. No, 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 no. I swear that's what I thought you were going to say. No. Oh, God, that would have been fantastic if he did that. I would have pissed myself laughing if he came out with his seventh ring and he's like, look at me, I'm better than Thanos and I'm wearing a MAGA hat now. Seven rings, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> One of the great things, though, that did come out of the uh, Super Bowl was the halftime show, which started the weekend. He did a pretty good um, couple of songs there. I, I'm not the yeah, biggest he... weekend fan. Like, I, I like a couple of his songs. I don't know, you know, much about the dude at all. Uh, but at one point, <laughs> he was walking in and around a maze. And this okay. meme was born. And... Uh, <laughs> I obviously chose this one because I've got my biases, but Joe Biden in the White House earlier before Jill Biden came to help him get to the studio for their <laughs> Super Bowl live appearance. 
And if you can't see it, if you listen to this on podcast, it's a man wandering around like he's completely lost backstage somewhere, just looking at bright lights, like swiveling his head around, looking incredibly confused and lost. That's the weekend. So he finished the song and then he went into this weird maze thing and he's got a hold of a Steadicam and he's like trying to find his way out. I'm sure it's on purpose, but yeah, I'm sure that meme has now surpassed left shark from the Katy Perry halftime show days. I don't know if you remember left shark days. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Even somebody, you know, at my workplace, which shall remain uh, unnamed, uh, basically mm. said, oh, geez, did you see the first bloody, um, the first commercial that they played? They're already going woke. And I was like, wow, okay. Because, oh, of course, the Super Bowl ads are incredibly famous. It's the time when they spend all their money because they think it will have the biggest audience, the widest reach. So, you know, companies go nuts spending huge money at the Super Bowl to make sure their product is given first and foremost attention. So what was this first ad? So this is the one they pointed out to me, which was for Jeep. They said, oh, this one is woke. Now, I actually haven't seen this. I wanted to save it. I thought, hang on, I'm not going to react until I see it. Um, But it's narrated by Bruce Springsteen. Okay, well, he's born in the USA, I guess. Yes. So uh, this is Jeep's commercial. Okay. Uh, I'm already scared. Here we go. There's a chapel in Kansas, standing on the exact center of the lower 48. It never closes. Hang on a minute. Is he taking the piss? Is this how he talks? Yeah, yeah, this is genuinely how he talks. All right, sorry, continue. All are more than welcome to come meet here in the middle. It's no secret. The middle has been a hard place to get to lately. Between red and blue, between servant and citizen, between our freedom and our fear. Now, fear has never been the best of who we are. And as for freedom, it's not the property of just the fortunate few. It belongs to us all. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, it's what connects us. And we need that connection. We need the middle. There's still a minute. We just have to remember the very soil we stand on is common ground. So we can get there. We can make it to the mountaintop, through the desert, and we will cross this divide. Our light has always found its way through the darkness. And there's hope. On the road, up ahead. <laughs> what the hell was that? I mean, that can't be the whole thing. What? Okay, you know what? Screw this ad, right? I'll tell you where people meet in the middle in a place that never closes. There's a Sydney kebab shop, 
right? That never closes. It's open 24 seven, 365 days a year. Right. It doesn't matter what day it is, it, whether it's New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Easter Friday, Easter Sunday, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, doesn't matter what day it is. That place is always open. You want to see people meeting in the middle? You will say drunk, uh, drunk women, drunk men, sober men, sober women, sober everyone, drunk everyone, meeting at that kebab place at 3 a.m., meeting in the middle and enjoying a kebab. That's peace and harmony, not whatever the hell that Jeep ad was. That doesn't make me want to buy a car. If anything, now I want a kebab. I mean, just watching that ad, uh, I didn't necessarily think it was woke. As such. No, it's just stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it has its message, but what the hell does that have to do with the Jeep? No, nothing. But this is the funny thing. I mean, why didn't you just release that four years ago when, you know, Trump was in power? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what's the difference? Okay, if you I, wanted to meet in the middle, you could have done that four years ago. I, I wouldn't necessarily brand that commercial woke at all. No, I, I, think I didn't it, think that was woke at all. It was it, boring just, and stupid. Yeah, but, it's just you know. dumb. Um, so this um, this next ad wasn't exact, mm. never got flagged as woke to me or anything like that. I just found it interesting that Robinhood, the app that stopped people from buying GameStop stocks, oh, wow. released an it's ad. Like, out an ad during the Super Bowl to try yeah. and get a bit of, a bit of credibility back. So I, I, I haven't seen this. this. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Don't think you're an investor. We make investments morning, noon, and wait, what time is it exactly? We make short-term investments, long-term investments. We diversify our interests, realize our gains and losses and try to keep the big picture in mind. You don't need to become an investor. You were born one. Robin Hood. So that they left out the bit halfway through that ad when they were saying like, you know, you can do it any time of day. You can short it. You can do it long term. You can buy something and then have your buying power shut down because we told you to, because hedge funds told us to. Dun, 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 dun. Pretty pictures of bees. They left that part out of the ad for some reason. Yeah. Really weird. That ad was basically, please forget the horrible things that we've done. Yeah. Do not look at the man was... behind the green curtain. Yeah, <laughs> leave the Wizard of Oz alone. Um, yeah, that, okay, fair enough. I mean, fine propaganda, nothing wrong with it. Now, here's, on. here's the next one that I wanted to watch as well because for some reason, I, don't, I just don't get Amy Schumer. I just don't okay. get it. I've tried yeah. watching her comedy specials and I, and I know that's almost uh, a cliche for people to say that you know they don't like Amy Schumer but apparently she's she's well loved and I just I can't get why that is what was the name of her TV show this was oh, genuinely from 2013 or 14 it was called like I oh that's it inside Amy Schumer yeah. so I did watch that in 2013 or 14 if I'm forgetting the year I apologize it was somewhere in there and I actually thought while she wasn't hilarious in any way shape or form it was a sketch show in the same way of like a Saturday Night Live kind of thing. Right. And she would occasionally have a really funny joke. They were very occasional, but occasionally she'd belt it out of the park. And I went, okay, she's clearly got some comic chops under the right circumstances. But as time went on, I was like, ugh, ugh, ugh. you're a bit of a one-trick pony. But well, see, ugh. I okay. watched her comedy special that was on Netflix. That I don't uh, like her stand-up at all. Right, I so that's why... That's what I'm saying. I don't get her. I watched that stand-up uh, special, which 
made Netflix change their rating system because it got massively downvoted and it was blamed <laughs> on my hate speech and misogyny, where her entire stand-up was basically, yeah, my vagina stinks. That yeah, was her stand-up. Big, yeah, yeah. She's, she's a big fan of, like, what used to be, like, gross-out female comedy, but yeah. I think in the modern climate it's like, you know, we, we get it, females have vaginas. Yes. You guys have periods and stuff. No one, no one cares. Like, well, apparently she's in this Hellman's Fairy God Mayo commercial, and this <laughs> okay, this sounds interesting. was trending on Twitter. And I know Twitter is not real life, but I was trying to get the the scope of what people were thinking about okay. the Super Bowl. So let's see let's what this give it a is. Watch. Sad. This is sad. Who are you? I'm your Fairy God Mayo. And that is a hot mess. I don't know what to do with any of this stuff. I got half an onion, an artichoke. What even is an artichoke? No one knows. Just move over and watch the wings. Now, here's the Hellman's magic. Creamy, dreamy, boop. Oh, yeah, that's what? normal. What else can you do? Absolutely nothing. Like nothing. What? Okay, it's so... A- Sorry. I mean, harmless, harmless Sad. enough. I, I kind of don't get it. Like, harmless, not funny, but like, whatever. <laughs> it's it's quite benign, actually. That is the most benign ad I've ever seen. If it, wasn't, <laughs> if it was just an actress, not Amy Schumer, that would not be anywhere near a trend. That's just, that is genuinely like someone walking into a room and going like, hey, you know how there's fairy godmothers? Let's make a, you know, fairy mayo mother and they've gone genius that's brilliant steve who do we get to play her it's like why don't you just get kathy from sales they're like no no we need a big name a big funny name and then they went rebel wilson they're like no no she's lost too much weight get amy schumer get amy schumer in here yeah she's not doing that's exactly much. how that meeting went down <laughs> uh, um the other thing that came out of the super bowl and usually like i think the year before like there was a ton of trailers released or it could have been the year before that there was star wars trailers there was uh 2018 was like the year of the trailer from memory so uh what we got was a falcon and the winter soldier trailer now no i actually did unfortunately skip ahead and see this but i'm interested in your thoughts um okay being a comic book fan as well um so this is one of the new tv series uh following Mm -hmm. on from uh end game with yep. falcon and the winter soldier okay so who would like to start mr barnes why does sam aggravate you 15 seconds to drop so what's our plan great am i watching lethal weapon what is this Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I have no intention to leave my work unfinished. Oh, it's the bad guy from Civil War. Baron Zemo? Yeah, Zemo. The world's upside down right now. Where do we start? Here we go again, huh? We've been grinding hard on the job. Can't take that from us. Are you ready? Oh. Is you ready? Ready? You ready? Oh. Ready? Is you ready? Oh. Are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? His wings look cool and upgraded. Hello, girl. Kick your ass. Ah, 
I mean, yeah, okay. I, I pity anyone who just had to listen to that on, you know, podcast form because there wasn't a lot of uh, words going on in that. But looks like a generic enough actiony trailer, except for the start where they were setting it up like one of those buddy cop comedies where mm. people don't quite long. Oh, I kept going. Sorry. Just blank, sweet Jesus. I mean, how old are you? Got to end with a joke. Always got to end with a joke. No, because he's like, what is he now? Eighty. Yeah. Classic. I don't see the point in this at the moment. Like, why would I care? I, I definitely want to watch WandaVision because the, the premise of it fascinates me. Like, I, I'm a massive fan of old TV and old sitcoms. I love, you know, TV history. So that they're doing 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, etc. through the ages in this weird kind of magical realm genuinely fascinates me. I want to know what they can do with that premise. But that show... That genuinely looks like they've just made a buddy cop comedy in the Marvel world, and unless it's really good write, like really good writing. I mean, like Shane Black writing, but not Shane Black who wrote The Predator. Hmm. I mean, Shane Black who wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or like the original Lethal Weapon. Unless you're at that standard, those shows are so naff nowadays. Like they're so eighties. Well, that was this year's Super Bowl, my dude. Are we done? <sighs> yeah, yeah, we're done. So out of the Super Bowl and in back into American politics, Madigan. So there is a House representative for the Democrats. She's from California. Her name is Maxine Waters. Have you ever heard of her? Oh, yeah, I've heard of this woman. And mm, she's insane. <laughs> in your opinion, she's insane. Fair enough. Well, in my to, opinion, to maybe corroborate those comments, here's a little article of something that she said. Actually, we've got a clip here of it. So you can, you can hear this in her own words, that she has said of President Trump that he caused let's, an let's, insurrection. Yeah, let, let her do the talking, I reckon. Yeah, let's let her do it. So this is Maxine on MSNBC, oh, of course. Correct. Here we go. But what's so interesting about all of this is they tried to make themselves the victim. Uh, when in, indeed uh, they are following the president of the United States of America, who had advanced planning about the invasion uh, that took place in our capital. And even there's information that some of the planning came out of individuals working in his campaign. As a matter of fact, uh, he absolutely should be charged with premeditated murder uh, because of the lives that were lost uh, with this invasion, with this insurrection. And so, yes, we are threatened, but we can't back up. We've got to fight as hard as we can uh, to see to it that there's some justice for the president of the United States to sit and watch the invasion and the insurrection and not say a word uh, because he knew that he had absolutely initiated it. And as some of them said, he invited us to come. We're here at the invitation mm. of the president of the United States. Uh, okay, so she's let's, let's just listen to those words. Let's listen to what she said there. Insurrection. Yes. Invasion. Yep. He should be charged with premeditated murder. Now, if you don't know, during the Capitol Hill Mostly Peaceful protests, Four people lost their lives, which is obviously tragic. Could be five, though. Could be five, is it? Okay, I was not aware of a fifth, if that is the case. I think that's one of the officers actually ended up committing suicide. Oh, that's... I mean, it wasn't as a direct result, but... 
Yeah, but it that's wasn't still... helped. No, that's dreadful. Anyway, so what she's saying is, let's charge him with premeditated murder. Now, in the United States of America, if he's found guilty of that, that's either life in prison or the death penalty. Right. So it would not be unfair to say during that interview that Maxine Waters has called for the president to be killed by via the death penalty, via the justice system, not via mob violence. However, what she's just said there about he knew in advance, he was talking to his followers about this, he's saying to them, you get out there, you do these things, you cause an insurrection, you cause an invasion, you do all these terrible things. However, Miss Waters, you've said something similar in the past before the election, and we've got a clip here of it, of you saying it to some of your followers, and it sounds vaguely familiar of the same things that you've accused Trump of maybe inciting. So let's have a listen to that, shall we? You have members of your cabinet uh, that have been booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who sang no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. On the side of the children. On the side of what's right. On the side of what's honorable. On the side of understanding that if we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. And so, let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Right. all I'm saying is, what you accused the, the president was, you said that the president said you should go down to the Capitol, cause an invasion, cause an insurrection. What you've just told a group of people is, if you see someone you don't like, like let's stir up a mob. Let's make sure that they feel unsafe. Let's cause what one might call an invasion of their personal privacy, some kind of insurrection against them because they, they're on the side of righteousness. It's very religious speak, isn't it, really? Like, yeah. we're on the side of righteousness and we must bring them down in any way that we can. Well, that, to me, sounds like you're causing some kind of jihad or, you know, an insurrection of some description, Miss Waters. So if you think that the president should be charged, perhaps you'd like to charge yourself. Because it sounds like that was a little bit of guilt via your own conscious talking. See, for me, this is this just points to one thing, and it's evil. She is guilty of what she is projecting upon the president. And anyone who actually watched the president's speech, and for some reason, hmm, I wonder why, we cannot replay it to you listening or watching because the overlords will come in and strike it down. They don't want you to hear the president say march peacefully and make your voices heard to the capital. 
Now, yeah, what they're so trying to get him on is him saying we're going to fight like hell. But he was telling the crowd that he and his Republicans are going to fight like hell to, you know, to help you out. And in that little diatribe that she had on MSNBC, she also used the word fight. And there's somebody else, I've got to find this. I don't have it with me now, but later on I'll bring this up when we get closer to the impeachment where uh, uh, about 20 Democrats are all using the term fight like hell in order uh, to describe what they're going to do. And let's not forget the fact that um, the uh, Capitol was broken into 20 minutes before Trump even finished his speech. But you know what? We can't show you that because this video would get taken down because they don't want you to see the truth. They want you to sit there and not along with that insane, insane woman, Maxine Waters, as she projects onto Donald Trump what uh, she is guilty of herself. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Well, let's lighten up the mood a little bit since we've done three big political, well, you know, three political stories that interest us during the week. I know that you brought up before that you'd like to talk about the um, the Time Magazine article that came out basically uh, talking about a quote-unquote, their quote, not mine, mm. a cabal of people that... Uh, you know, have conspired. gone through and in- pardon conspired. That was the words I used. Conspired. There yeah, was conspired. a conspiracy. A cabal conspired to make sure that Donald Trump wasn't president. Now there are so many other videos about that online yeah. that I just don't feel like we need to go through it and break it down. You can Google it. It's so easy to find. It'll come up, and we've got a video at the end of this uh, that we're going to do a a boyer recommends a boyer shout out. Uh, to a website that actually broke it down really well. So if you didn't hear us talk about that, I'm sorry, but I wanted to talk about something else that's been happening in the news, which is of very much personal interest to me. And that's Elon Musk. Bring up this story for me, please, Madigan. Elon Musk, just go to the headline because it's fantastic. Sorry. That's quite all right. Elon Musk says his startup, Neuralink, has wired up a monkey to play video games Using its mind. Okay, so you need to sort of go through what Neuralink is because you've actually looked into this in quite some detail, right? I have. So, um, Well, there's some key points people... here. I'll read them out. Uh, yeah, Elon Musk please. said in an interview that a monkey has been wired up to play video games with its mind by a company found called Neuralink. Neuralink puts a computer chip into the monkey's skull and used tiny wires to connect it to its brain, Musk said. Uh, it is not an unhappy monkey, he said during a talk on Clubhouse, a new social media app gaining popularity that allows people to have informal voice chats while others listen in. That was uh, pointless anyway. Um, yes, so basically, information there at the end. Yeah. Um, so he's put a chip inside of a monkey's brain and it's enabled this monkey now to play computer games with its mind. Now, that's, to, yeah, that's just scratching play. the surface of what this Neuralink can possibly do. Yeah, so he's obviously still in the developmental phase of it. But ultimately, his first big step, what he wants to do with humans, is put this Neuralink chip into the mind of paraplegics and try and give them the ability to walk again. And also, people with brain damage. Yeah. And give them the ability, whatever they lost during a brain hemorrhage or a stroke, give them the ability to regain that skill or that strength or that sense or whatever was lost during a brain injury. 
Now that gives me a really strong personal connection to it, which is why I've researched it too much because I have quite a significant amount of brain damage, which uh, happened to me a few years ago and caused me to go about at this stage, I'm still about one third blind. Right. So a little bit more than that. So I have about two thirds of my sight remaining after a brain hemorrhage, which was quite severe. And it cost me about five to 6% of my brain. So if he could put a chip into the back of my skull and rewire my brain, because what happened was a blood clot came up and uh, it kind of got stuck in one of the, uh, what would you call it? I'm trying to think of the word now. In one of the, not valve. Pardon? Vessels? Yeah, kind of. It's like the the artery. It got stuck in the artery on the way to my brain. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like a big clot, which is like a bubble. Yeah, And the blood kept building up behind it and building up behind it and building up behind it. And this bubble eventually, so much pressure built up that it shot up into my brain like a shotgun pellet and just took out a huge chunk of my mind. Like literally my my brain is, if I could show you right now, um, I should have actually brought it in to show you. I've got scans, CT scans of my brain and MRI scans. Right. Where you can see how hefty the brain damage is. It looks like if you bring up a normal shot of someone's brain and you look at the back of mine and someone's taken like an ink blot and just, or taken off like the, the tip of a fountain pen and just squirted ink all over the back of it to block out the actual brain matter. That's what my brain looks like because there's so much of it missing in there. So if he could build this tiny little device with all these wires and put it into the back of my skull and reconnect that part of my brain, which is completely feasible. I've been reading so much about it. It makes perfect sense because all I've lost is my neural pathways. My eyes themselves work. It's sending the information back to my brain, but there's nothing there to compute the information. It'd be like taking the motherboard out of your PC. Like you could still have a hard drive in there. You can have a graphics card, but if there's nothing to hold it together, all of those bits won't make your computer work. That's what happened to my brain. Mm. So if he could make that happen for me, I would be over the freaking moon. In fact, if anyone from Neuralink listens to this and they want a test subject for it, I would personally stick up my hand and do this for you. A hundred percent. Anytime you wanted me to go, if I could make it to America, like when we can fly again, I will go straight over there, straight to your lab, do whatever you want me to do, the however long you want me to do it, and I will be a guinea pig for that because that's how invested I am in that technology and that's how much faith I have in that going right. So let me ask you this. Okay, so you're willing Mm. to put yourself in there. Um, Yeah. Are you – is there any part of you that is hesitant or – Scared is the only way I can no. put it. Not not no. a bit. No. Right. I'd be willing to risk death for it. Death. Yeah. Oh, that's heavy. So if it, it killed me, right? I would genuinely see that as a a great loss for the scientific community. If from my death they worked out how to actually do it, and I died from it, I would have no problems going in there and trying it. None whatsoever. I would do it in a heartbeat. And if it worked, man, I'd be over the, even if it gave me back 20% more of my sight, over the moon, and I had to go back in in 10 years and have it done all over again, 
I'd do it every single time. I'd let them test on me. I'd let them try new wires in me. I'd let them try new interfaces. I'd let them do whatever they wanted to try and get that vision back because it was a very traumatic experience for me at the time. So let me ask you this, um, considering you have sort of looked into it. And I, I did very brief sort of research into Neuralink when you sort of first brought it up. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I know it's a different situation, but I'm going to try and compare it to yours. So um, spinal cord injury uh, people who uh, cannot walk again. So this yes. this device has the potential to um, to reconnect the pathways, as you put it. Correct. So the neural pathways. The neural pathways. So what I from what I understand is, so if, if I was a spinal cord injury patient and I get this neural link and the neural pathways are reconnected. Now the thing is, I could probably feel. Um, if you know, if if my legs again, let's say that's that's all that was my issue, mm -hmm. but I couldn't necessarily walk straight away because my brain would have to relearn how to yes. walk. That is sadly correct. So, for example, if you from this is my understanding, I am not a scientist or a doctor. I don't work for them. I've only read about it. Right. But the best of my understanding is, if you, for example, had severed your spinal cord. Yes. So you're a paraplegic. They could put this chip into you. It might be able to help you once the you know spine actually got back together. Otherwise, your legs just won't work. But if they could fuse it back together, the neural link might be able to help. What it can do, however, in the meantime, if you're a complete paraplegic who can't move arms, legs, anything, mm. what this neural link can do is you could literally, um, basically through telekinesis, control your phone. So you could make phone calls. Right. You could order on Uber Eats. You could do anything. You could literally play computer games like the monkey did. So it opens up, even though you might still not be able to walk or move, it opens up a whole different way of life for you. Like you might even in time, I don't think they can do this yet. You might just be able to go on Google and start Googling stuff in your mind. That and all of a sudden, insane. you've got the entire information community open to you. You might still be in a chair, but at least you'll have some semblance of life back. Now, just going back to, you can go onto Google and all that sort of stuff. Now, correct me, yeah. I think this could have just been hyperbole that was out there about the Neuralink, but the ability to upload information into your brain, was that something that they were talking about or is that just bollocks? That's kind of the, the second step. Right. So what they want to do after they've perfected the technology for people with brain injuries and paraplegia, the next step they want to do is be able to upload things to your brain. They want to literally be able to let you communicate psychically effectively with other people. So you can just go, Madigan, hey, um, let's do the podcast in 10 minutes and you'll hear it from where you live and you'll go, yeah, cool, dude, let's do that. It'll be like texting, but with your mind. That's where they're looking towards. And their ultimate goal for, well, one of the ultimate goals in that sense for Elon is if you pass away and the, and the tech is advanced enough, the Neuralink will upload part of your consciousness oh, onto the cloud. That, that is... Mm. You don't like that? It's both exciting and quite terrifying as well. Well, so ultimately, you might be able to upload yourself at the time of your death with a Neuralink. Yeah. And they might be able to put you back into a robot or something else. And you'd be able to keep living your life. Something that you just said a little bit earlier about, you know, 
you could send me a message going, Matty, and it's time to do the podcast. Yeah, that mm-hmm. part I'm not that keen on because... You don't like that? No, I, I, I'd hate to be in the middle of, you know, some self-love and then suddenly my <laughs> mum's going, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it would add a whole new element to sexting where <laughs> if you said that to the wrong person, that's a whole new, like, level sorry you know, mum. sharing porn with someone that they're just like whoa dude <laughs> but just just quickly though does this does this sort of not sort of scream the start of planet of the apes oh it's awesome i'm down with it i want like i want one of my best friends to be a monkey are you kidding me i know it's cool i must admit <laughs> uh but look okay, hang on would you have it done if, if they got to that stage, right, the, just the stage I'm talking about, not even the next level, like their phase after that where they're talking about heightening uh, human abilities by 100, maybe 1,000, maybe 10,000%. So the way you can run, the way you can think, the amount of information that you can have in your brain and how quickly you can access it and how well you can do with it and it'll open up all these new possibilities for you, both physically and mentally. Even disregarding that for the moment, if we just got to the point where they could put one inside of you and it would effectively replace your phone, would you have that done? If it was just to replace my phone, no, I wouldn't get that done. However, okay, so what, at what stage would you think about having it done? Okay. Um, at this moment, I don't really have any sort of physical ailments to speak of as of this moment mm-hmm. that I'm aware of. So I don't have... Yep. I got laser surgery on my eyes and they're all better now but if they started to go again and for some reason that that could fix it i would take that option now mm-hmm. the part that does excite me though uh if it's 100 safe and we'll, i'll put that under the umbrella if, if it's all safe all unhackable you know so people can't control me just by you know hacking my bluetooth brain i do like the idea of accelerated learning the ability to learn just by you know going here's here's the uh, information and then just uploading it into my brain that to me yeah, well, is lawnmower man and the matrix-esque type stuff yeah. and i think that's fantastic yeah i'm not exactly sure it'd work like the matrix where you could just go you know counter reeve style like whoa now i know kung fu but i'm assuming it will speed up your learning capacity mm. to the point where you your knowledge will just exponentially increase to the point of you have become one with the AI, which I know for a lot of people is the dystopian nightmare, but I, I'm all for it. Yeah, I don't know about the uh, the consciousness into into the internet yet. I, I, I can't make up my mind on that. Part of it does sound really, really cool, but Dude, part of on, it is scary. Wait, 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 wait. Like 12, 13 years ago, when we first started podcasting, all, all, the, all the way back in the day, this is pre-smartphones, by the way, mm-hmm. you and I had an idea where we were going to microchip people so you knew if someone was around you who you could go on a date with. Yeah, that was horny me. This is scary. <laughs> <laughs> that was it was pre-Tinder times, okay? Don't judge us too hard. Yeah, there was no we Tinder. Didn't know then. what a smartphone was. Like, but if you thought that was a good idea at the time, how can you not think this is an awesome idea? Yeah, that was for hooking up. I'm talking about being <laughs> immortal here, like to be immortal into the internet. And okay. does all my consciousness go into the internet? Am I literally immortal in that sense? Or or do I 
does part of me pass away? And if there is some form of afterlife, do, am I split in two as such? <laughs> I don't have an answer to that question no. for you, but he no, no, but I'm going to appeal to Horny Madigan here. Yeah, okay. Now, what if, <laughs> right? What if this Neurolink got put in, and you had access to literally every woman of consenting age, obviously, <laughs> in the entire world, right? Yes. Every single woman of consenting age in the entire world that you could hook up with at any time, you wouldn't even have to get off your couch because the experience of both of you would be so realistic, it'd be like demo- the, the, the demolition, man. demolition Man. Yeah, with Sly Stallone and Sandra Bullock, but it'd be like that and you'd never have to be around each other and it'd be the most euphoric thing that ever happened. It would be the best sexual experience you've ever had. What would Horny Madigan say? Horny Madigan says yes. Yeah, yeah, we're done. Yeah, giddy. I knew I'd get Horny Madigan. I couldn't get real Madigan, but I'll get a horny one every time. You will, you will. All right, look, that's um, podcast number four, all in the bag. Uh, it's a long one, so thanks very much. We covered a lot of topics here. At the end of every podcast, we like to do what is called our viewer boost. Uh, this time round, we're going to have a look at a... Um, uh, an ex-lawyer, basically. Yeah, Viva Fry. Yeah, he's really cool. I really like Viva Fry. He um he basically does blogs. He also does family blogs and stuff, but we're not looking at that today. What we're looking at is he talks, uh, he reads through court cases or possible court cases, you know, depositions, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and tears them all down. He also goes through media reports and talks about inherent bias and tries to break it all down from you from a point of law and also from a point of opinion. He's Canadian, so he's not insanely well-versed in American law. He, I don't know what he knows about Australian law, for example, but every day he'll put out a new story, either going through something in the news, something in the, you know, something to do with uh, coronavirus or COVID restrictions, something to do with a lawsuit that interests him. And he actually went through the Time Magazine court case court case jesus the time magazine article it's not a court case yes definitely not a court case hope yeah i don't think it ever will be but the time magazine article and he actually broke it down really well over about 20 minutes and after listening to it i just went yeah i'm not gonna do a better job than that he also has a great uh another great video about the maxine waters thing that we actually brought up on this podcast as well so he's well worth a watch he's fantastic value highly recommend from me Give him a look. And don't forget, once again, please, um, if you've got the opportunity to do so, hopefully this podcast was the one that we earned your uh, subscription click. Uh, if we didn't, that's fine. Uh, maybe drop us a like on a couple of our videos. We've got lots and lots of videos. And speaking of which, um, not videos, but we are on podcasting platforms now. So if you don't want to watch, you do just want to listen. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify Podcasts as well. Yeah, so if you're in the car or whatever and you just want to give it a cheeky listen, Go nuts. We'd love to have you there as well. All right. Uh, We done. We are done.